Hello everyone, I'm Nicolas Fasolo and welcome to a new episode of the Cybersecurity Warrior podcast. In the last episode, we mentioned that a potential attacker can be an individual or a group of people with different skill bases and different intentions. But what are the methods for conducting a comprehensive reconnaissance of the target? And especially, do the well-known ransomware attacks require a complete reconnaissance to succeed? Pay attention, because the perspective convoyed in the next few minutes will be exactly that of a real attacker, with real considerations and no filter. Let's talk about targeted reconnaissance and pretend we want to attack a specific company, perhaps because we know we could easily resell the data for profit or because we have been paid by its main competitor to cause disruption and exfiltrate research and development data. At this point, we need to understand everything necessary to carry out as many techniques as possible, such as social engineering, exploiting, physical break-in, purchasing credential for remote access, and everything else we can. Let's talk about social engineering. So let's take it step by step. To carry out a social engineering attack, we need to know how the company operates, who the employees are, what roles they play, additional information about the most relevant profiles, the relationships the company has with other vendors, and finally, private information about the receptionist or those working at the switchboard to exploit during calls or in-person interactions. For much of what I've just mentioned, there is a powerful tool called LinkedIn. Here we can find the names of the vast majority of employees and their roles in the company. Additionally, with a bit of Google researching, we can construct internal email addresses, creating a database full of names, surnames, position held and email addresses automatically. This could be useful later. To understand everything about suppliers, we can simply look at their job listings. There, willingly or unwillingly, HR always includes some information about the internal infrastructure, providing details about the management system used, hardware technologies and much more. And if that's not enough, we can delve deeper by analyzing the skills of employees in conjunction with the job description in the work experience section to better understand what they are working on. Well, now we already have a lot of information to work with, but we don't stop here. We're also interested in knowing more about the private lives of influential people like IT admins or managers, maybe even CEOs and even sales or production directors. For this task, we can rely on social networks, Google dorking, and for the more fearless, dumpster diving. Okay, now we have a decent amount of data to work with for social engineering. In any case, we can always do better. Let's jump into exploiting section. The most convenient method is always to complete the work from the warmth of your own home without exposing anything about ourselves. So it's time to talk about reconnaissance for exploiting. If there is no data available on the legendary Shodan, things become both simple and complex at the same time, as there are several factors to consider. 
When we want to abuse vulnerabilities, we must pass through public systems before reaching the victim systems. Therefore, it's good practice to hide before doing anything, and the most effective method of hiding is to go through multiple public addresses. For instance, I could use a VPN service like ProtonVPN to connect to a virtual private server that exits onto the internet through various types of proxies. To further increase anonymity, reconnaissance activities could be carried out through an infected server whose access I purchase or a previously compromised device. Now that the field is set, the time factor comes into play. If we don't want to make too much noise, it is necessary to proceed with a scan of the public IPs of our target as slowly as possible and asynchronously between attempts. If you want to excel, it's advisable to change public IPs at irregular intervals and not show too simple or linear patterns in the scanning activity. At the end of the activity, we will most likely find exposed web applications, SSL VPN panels, switchboards, remote desktops, IP cameras, NAS, and much more. At this point, we just need to check their versions and see if there is ready-to-use exploits in the ExploitDB or various hacking forums. Again, Google is always your friend. And if exploiting goes wrong, for whatever reasons, there is always physical access, just like Diabolic. In fact, we will need to figure out how to enter the corporate perimeter physically without being discovered, identified by personal, and uh, as if that weren't enough threat to us, we will need to avoid cameras that are eager to record our every action. In this case, we need to prepare in advance, with a set of well-calibrated and tested tools in a lab. In most cases, our goal is to obtain a remote access to the attacked infrastructure, so starting from the outside, we could bring with us a specially modified Raspberry Pi to automatically perform Evil Twin attacks combined with MOS DOT of devices. This will provide us access point password distributed around the perimeter. If we physically access the company, a DigiSpark USB could make our life much easier. Just find a device, insert the USB, and poof, we have a persistent reverse shell. Of course, you need to prepare everything in advance, but the concept is there. Another beautiful tool could be a radio microphone or multiple radio microphones. Figure it out yourself. Just a little electronic know-how, a soldering iron, and worst case scenario, a YouTube video to create a thumb-sized radio microphone. Then, for placing it, that is the old trick of the chewing gum. While recording, I noticed that the physical attack could become a separate episode, so I think I'll stop here and we will continue later. Now, let's move on to the purchase of credentials. And I don't feel like lying by saying that this is the absolute easiest way to attack. Clearly, this avenue also presents various pitfalls, but in the terms of effort, it's not even comparable to the previous methods. 
To follow this path, we need to be careful about several things like scammers, undercover postal, scammers, scammers, and finally, scammers. Unfortunately, yes. One of the main channels where you can buy this type of data is Telegram. And it's full of people selling lists of false and or unverified credentials that if purchased could lead us to waste time and money. The right places to carry out this type of buying and selling are black markets, where you have to accredit yourself and prove your validity. I won't mention names, but you get the idea. So, once you have identified where to buy, you need to figure out how to manage money transfers. I know you're already thinking about cryptocurrency, and yes, you're right, but not entirely, let's say partially. Because very often, gift cards and vouchers like Amazon, Google Play, and much more are often used. This kind of barter is created by the money recycling and user scamming market a very, very broad topic, to be explored in another dedicated episode, I would say. Now that we talked about specific reconnaissance, it's time to consider the rest of the attacker's landscape, that use a more generic approach. Generic reconnaissance is carried out by minor threat actors who use payloads like Medusa, Phobos or Checkmate a theme that specifically attack publicly exposed NAS. But how do they do it? Simple. They scan the internet or portion of it with custom tools that allow them to find accessible ports of scanned public IPs and sometimes, automatically, they try to exploit and or brute force in case there are known services. This is how most ransomware attacks happen. Exposed remote desktop protocol services vulnerable or weakly password-protected NAS web applications, exposed application and management system with vulnerabilities at the code level, and last but not least, services that use vulnerable engines like O1Mail service with outdated exchange. In the end, there is always a way in. It just depends on how much time and energy it costs the attacker. So let's work on making an attack cost inefficient, because this is the right mindset that can drastically reduce the chances of suffering a cyber attack. I would say we have reached the end of this episode, and in the next one, what we are going to talk about? Well, we will talk about anti-reconnaissance, that is some methods and techniques that allow us to make ourselves invisible or at least less appealing to attackers. If you want to follow me in real time, I recommend taking a look at my Instagram at nick.soc, which you will also find in the episode description. As always, a hug to all of you from Nicholas, Cybersecurity Warrior.